welcome to another episode of You Never Forget Your First. We are not here in real life together, despite being in real life on the last episode, because Louis went to France and now he has to quarantine. Yep. <laughs> um, hey, Louis. <laughs> C'est moi. <laughs> that voice you just heard is Louis. Oui, oui. <laughs> He's in the UK, but speaking French. Yeah, back on it. Using the nice mic. And we have Sparrow on the call center headset. Hello. <laughs> or should I say bonsoir? Guys, it's been a while since the last episode. I believe it to be a month. We survived the heat. <laughs> Just. It seems really weird to think that back when we last recorded that uh, we were all sweating profusely while Benas was passing out and suddenly waking <laughs> up going, well, I think about this <laughs> thing with Alien 3. Sort <laughs> of random facts coming out. How's your quarantine going? Well, it's not that much different to, <laughs> to normal life right for the last six months <laughs> yeah because frankly like all that's different is now you're not allowed to even go outside at all but like you know when you're working during the days anyway and you get out maybe for like one 20 minute one 20 minute walk although that is a precious 20 minutes it doesn't really change the rhythm of your life any differently to to, to if you're fully quarantining so i'm i'm just thinking of it as an extension of what was before rather than some new Oppressive. Does it feel like jail? Uh, it feels a bit like house arrest, <laughs> what, yeah. What, what reference point would he have? <laughs> yeah, it feels a bit like that time in GV. <laughs> Do you now, uh, are you now thinking that buying a cat that can only be inside the flat and not leave was a good oh, idea? Such a great idea, yeah. So I'm actually, I'm looking at you on the Skype call that we do along with our podcast um, on a much smaller screen than the one before because the cat broke the big screen. How? The other no day, way. yeah, oh, she um. Something I've learned about cats is whatever the highest point in the room is, that's where they want to go. <laughs> whatever, wherever it is, or however they get up there, they, they'll get there. And so she discovered a route that went up to the to this kind of like hood of the cooker, but via the screen. <laughs> Ah. And so she was like climbing on the screen and it fell forward, smashed to bits. Oh no. I know. Yes. I, know. I thought you guys said she, she, she clawed it up, but uh, yeah. what? My imagination was a lot more wild than what actually happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but apart from that, yeah, it's great. You know, having a cat's lovely. <laughs> Yeah, sorry, right, I'm getting my own back. She's getting spayed next week. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> that's brutal. We definitely didn't have to move this recording for oh, any reason. The thing is, you don't get hangovers. So I'm on intrigued this, to know. What on this one, I did. It was a, it was a two day one as well. So there was there was day one, i.e. the proposed podcast day, where I was near enough. I wasn't in bed the whole day, but I wish I had been. <laughs> and then like, and then the following day, where it's just like a groggy hangover, like the the whole yeah, it's bad. Anyway, I'm fresh now. I've made it through the woods. I'm actually thankful to to Sparrow for this one though, because uh, I saw that message late. I forgot about the podcast. By the time I saw the message, I was hammered. <laughs> That's the spirit. Uh, <laughs> <see>? <laughs> Farron News drinking schedules were perfectly lined up and <laughs> at that point I hadn't even watched the film yet Blake, you blatantly sent Sparrow a message and you were like dude just tell them that you're really hungover <laughs> just take this one for the team bro it's a, it's a blessing in disguise snow day Fuck yeah. <laughs> Benas we should start with what you've watched because again what you've watched is the entire back catalogue of Amazon's <laughs> uploads this month more indie stuff as you know so like uh, for example Aussie film uh, Baby Teeth with Ben Mendelsohn. That's just come out of the cinema, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so that that one's a good one to to watch. Uh, the host is also another good one. That one's all just done oh, yeah. on Zoom um, as a horror yeah. horror film, and it's like fifty four minutes, but it's it's tense. Yeah, I heard it's very good at setting the characters up, even though it's all on Zoom. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Is the the ultimate like 
what did you do with your lockdown <laughs> piece? We know what you did last yeah. lockdown. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and Winter's Bone, right, by Deborah Granick, which is a D yeah, D and such as directorial debut. Yeah, she's done a few things before then, some shorts and like a docu- uh, documentary film, maybe or something. Yeah, it wasn't that. That's her like solid debut, which um, I think got jennifer lawrence nominated uh for an oscar or something like that i've also seen that you've watched train to Busan, which i think you've seen before right yes this is a rewatch yes 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 if anyone who hasn't seen train to Busan, it's a south korean film uh-huh. which is like a zombie film yeah uh set on a on a uh, mostly set on a train it's so good it's yeah. such a good movie if you haven't seen it so well directed and it's just it's funny in all the right places as well it's, um, and then they've just got a sequel coming out. Peninsula, yeah, um, which was kind of came out to kind of favorable reviews. And then um, I saw Predestination for like the second or third time. That one is a solid time travel film with uh, an even more sol- solid Ethan Hawke, Ethan right? Hawke as always. Um, but th- then this one would lead us into Tenet which we finally watched, me and Dom. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Well, I know Sparrow hasn't seen it. I, don't, I doubt Louis has seen it. Otherwise, we would have had a chat. So basically, the film... Haven't been outside, mate. The, we're going to spoil the film. <laughs> you should turn back time so you can go <laughs> yeah. and watch it before quarantine. <laughs> we're just going to spoil the film right here, I think, on the pod. Spoilers, why not? <laughs> yeah, Fuck we'll it. We'll do a meta spoiler. Yeah, what did, what, um, seriously, what did you... Because uh, no, in all seriousness, like on, on the pod, it's probably... It, it's got to be one of the biggest hype films we've done. A spoiler-free... Yeah quick review because this could take up the whole episode it was really good it was it's definitely you definitely see things you've never seen before in my opinion yeah. on, on the screen yeah. um spectacle of it is amazing it is a film that you have to revisit to get a different watch there's like things that happen at the start that you get context for after you finish the film mm-hmm. so really it's a genius move to just get people to see the film twice <laughs> essentially but uh no it's brilliant i i i thought it was i thought it was really great i i came out feeling a bit like ah and then the more you think about it that's the thing it stays with you and the more you kind of figure it out in your head after so i haven't i haven't seen it but um i had the most hilarious review from my dad a couple of days ago he he didn't like it just to just to go put it out there but really um that's yeah. not what's funny about it what's funny is <laughs> it was a proper like he had an opinion that was a proper like remember the invisible aston martin mm. theory he had this well, theory you suggested the, the producers were really yeah. hyped because the the car couldn't be seen so exactly like the producers money. love any idea that saves the money and so he had the theory <laughs> he had the theory that this was a massive money-making exercise because basically because they like show stuff forward and then in reverse in time it's basically they need to film it once and then just play it forwards and play it backwards so is this your dad's eyewall yeah my dad's eyewall for tenet is it was just a way of like making half a film but getting twice the money (laughs) these eyewalls run in the family though (laughs) no i need to see it but i haven't i haven't obviously yet i'm definitely really keen to see it despite like kind of mixed reviews but do you reckon, and this is really hard to call having only recently seen it, but in like five, seven years time, when Nolan has probably made another one, maybe two films, how do you think this will stand up yeah. in comparison Dark Knight and Inception in, in his whole kind of oeuvre? I think the longer this film is out and in access to people, the more that it will travel up the ladder of his films in in terms of where he's going. It's an indication of where he's going as a filmmaker. He's not going, ironically, he's not going backwards to yeah. do superhero huge superhero blockbusters or i mean it is another sci-fi big film but it it didn't feel hugely science fictiony 
Um, no, be- to me because like so, for example, Interstellar like full steam ahead for the sci-fi aspect, then which is fine because that one that was his kind of like his ode to two thousand one Kubrick's. Whereas this one, because it's an espionage film, right? So just kind of like hops around countries. That's what I found. So it is kind of it's a bit of an exhausting watch, I'd say for sure. It's really relentless. It is there, there's 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 few scenes that give it space, but I feel that I mean that was. By design, right? It, I think the film probably. I mean, needed D- that Dunkirk. Dunkirk's way. pretty exhausting. There's not much breathing space in it. Um, when they cut timelines, you get yeah. you get that you get a bit of so space and context air. to where that bit is and where that bit is. Whereas Tenet is you're playing is, catch up the whole time. I've read some things online where people have gone. People have said, "I came out of the cinema really confused and unsure what to think of it." But in the days that followed, I read up a few things online and I thought about it more and I saw it for a second time and it started to click in a way that was never how I experienced it the first time I watched it. So it seems like there's genuine reason to revisit it, which there is. I, I think I'll go see it another like two times at least. Maybe that's another money-making exercise. Make it so confusing that people need to watch it twice. Yeah, but it's also an enjoyable watch. Like, like... That's, yeah, so it's definitely definitely worth a cinema experience for the the impact of it. Oh yeah, if you can, yeah, yeah. If, if you can, I max it. Can. Yeah. yeah, if you can, if you can, I max it. Yeah, definitely. Where, where I, does it I, rank I, then in, in Nolan movies? Uh, <laughs> the impossible question. It is the impossible question because I, I I think I could answer this in in a in a pods episode time when I've seen it again. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I don't know. I know we're going to be doing, we're going to do Nolan at some point and it probably will be like a five hour episode. Sorry, I'm busy that day. <laughs> I feel like what will happen is we'll like, we'll, we'll start and it will be like, it'll be two hours and then slowly like Louis will drop off and then Sparrow, Sparrow will hold on for a bit longer and then drop off and then ben, me and Benas will carry the torch. Just keep going. And you know, like when you do an all nighter to watch like the Super Bowl or something, oh, yeah, yeah. someone wakes back up. <laughs> We'll be like, where are we? We're, st- um, we're still on memento. So I've I've heard that there's a lot there's a, there's it, there's a few kind of James Bond auditions in there. Is that true? Nah. I, I okay. I'm going to put it out there. I, I didn't speak to Ben Ass about this, but I read something afterwards where someone said Robert Patterson for Bond, mm. and it isn't something that at all occurred to me. But after watching Tenet and reading that, I thought, yeah, he would actually make a pretty good Bond, a pretty good younger Bond. Yeah, because right? the yeah. character he plays in in it is quite. Chris Nolan, spy s. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, maybe it's. I feel like it might also be Nolan's audition for Bond. Um, right. It's like, yeah, yeah. Give me the key. This is what I can do. Give me the keys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give me yeah, the yeah. keys to to the to the invisible Aston Martin. <laughs> <laughs> the Lamborghini Master. He's proving he can make money making ideas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I haven't proved it yet, but his, his, <laughs> got this invisible Aston Martin. Yeah, great. <laughs> I love who, who, do you, who do you think Michael Caine would play in a Bond series? Because obviously he'd be in there. Well, that's a good question. That's like that's really... an automatic thing. He would have been the Q. He would have no, been the Mr. Bond. Or Q, expect you to like, die for like a modern. Yeah, he could have been Q. Well, like that's um, true. back oh, that's in true. Or he Brosnan's... could be Bond. Bond. He could be Bond in like seventy years when that movie undoubtedly does some sort of time travel. <laughs> yeah, like um, washed up Bond. <laughs> yeah, Doctor Bond. Dom, Dom's <laughs> pitch for Bond sounds like Batman <laughs> Beyond. Basically, it is literally bloody hell. They've got a nuclear bloody code, haven't they? <laughs> I'm conscious we, we honestly we could run this whole thing and then just be like oh yeah catfish um what did uh did Sparrow Louis did you guys watch any have you have you watched any so I've seen um oh you I've go been, Louis you go I watched um <laughs> on, on the subject of, uh, of time things I watched uh, Groundhog Day yeah, yeah what have you watched yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh <laughs> hey, I mean, no, no, it was, I, actually Psych. 
I really liked this it. Obviously, I've heard, I mean, it's similar to the film we're about to discuss in the sense that the title of the film is now like, you know, if you refer to Groundhog Day, everyone knows what it means um, in, in, in the context yeah. of the film. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, but, um, but yeah, actually, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was, because I haven't really seen that much stuff with Bill Murray, but I've seen a few things. But yeah, in this, I found him really funny. I thought it was just actually a really funny film. And there's bits with, there's, I remember seeing like bits with shows like Russian Doll where they, um, they're, they're, it kind of just sides off into like one gag for like like three or four times. Like there's a bit with the clock where um it just does it like like three in a row where he ends up smashing the clock in different ways. So it just it seems to just side off down like <laughs> yeah. random avenues occasionally just for like comic relief. Any Malik? Um, no, I finished uh, I finished the big man now. So um you did Voyage in Time then? Yeah, so I did the last one, uh, Voyage in Time, which yeah it was it was okay. Not my favorite Malik for sure. But I'm um, glad I completed it. <laughs> it sounds like we all had a bit of a, vo- a voyage in time at the movies. The, oh, yeah, I love, I love these weeks. films. It's like, I'm just glad I got to the end, man. But, yeah, yeah, vo- voyage in, yeah, voyage in time. I just needed to finish Malik off. But um, yeah, he's done now. Briefly, I watched Upgrade on Netflix, which was something that Ben Ass mentioned. It's just a sci-fi premise. This guy gets put in a wheelchair and then he gets given this microchip that he gets put in his neck and he can then super kung fu people and he has like a computer in his in his body there's a lot more context to it than that yeah, yeah. i watched it it was a good action flick and then i messaged ben ass about 10 minutes before the end and i was like yes yeah, like you know i'm enjoying this the end was just so good like the end took the entire film yeah elevated to this it. other level yeah. in the last 10 minutes and it was kind of dark and then i was like that was good is <laughs> this yeah i don't know it, it I guess it's just a lesson and like, you know, every minute of a film is there to, to teach you and take you somewhere, yeah. you know? I've, I've been known to like switch off halfway through if, if I'm not enjoying a film. Maybe I need to um to discipline myself a bit more. It's like the time I fell asleep and the dark night rises. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no. It's been a many episodes since you brought that up. <laughs> I will not see you fall asleep, Master Bruce. <laughs> That's why Michael Caine was crying in Dark Night Rises. <laughs> I watched this great little film from this um, little known director who uh, who directed Warhorse. Um, <laughs> don't know if you've oh, heard of that. Spar- Sparrow's favorite film. <laughs> uh, it's called Jurassic Park. Oh, um, oh, and I watched it for the first time. Finally, this is the premiere review. This is my premiere, about. like thirty years later of uh, of Jurassic Park. Wait, were you not in on Spielberg? Yeah. No, Louis was on Spielberg. Yeah. I seem to remember quite a lot of jokes at my expense at the fact that the only thing <laughs> yeah. I've watched was War Horse. <laughs> yeah, you're doing Spielberg in reverse right now. Yeah, exactly. Um, there, I bet there's people listening to this right now. How have you never seen I know. Jurassic Park? Yeah, I was know. your childhood that bad? I was sheltered. <laughs> I, mean, I was I sheltered from I didn't see it for I, years. I think it's definitely a film that I saw too late because... I just didn't enjoy it at all, <laughs> and I can imagine. Really? I can imagine if I, I could imagine seeing it. Maybe if I saw it in its time, and maybe seeing it as a younger, like as what, a kid, back when the back when dinosaurs were around. Yeah, <laughs> it was probably entertaining in like three million BC. But um, <laughs> I thought it was fine. It was just a bit hammy and special. Special effects are pretty great, mainly yeah. because there's not not loads of them in places that you would expect. Practical effects, yeah. Yeah, no, good. I'm glad I saw it. It was like it was one of those things like cross off the list, and it was. Also, I watched The Truman Show, another nice. 90s um, classic film. Um, weirdly, right? So I don't know. If, I don't know. If, I, I thought The Truman Show would be this really kind of like you know chill, sort of light-hearted, and it is kind of quite light-hearted. But there's this really sort of quite sincere thing behind it, and I thought it was actually really similar to American Beauty in, in like the theme that's behind it. This idea that there's like a cookie cutter world, but it's all very sinister once you lift the lid of it. Oh, that's Maybe that's uh, that's pretty. 
That's pretty interesting you say that. I mean, that's quite a few 90s films did that. Well, yeah. to, to an extent, even Fight Club does that because it kind of reveals the fake masculinity behind it and all that. and all the, Exactly. The heavy advertisement. So 90s definitely has a lot of that. I think you're totally right, Ben. Like, like, the first thing I did when I was when I had this thought going into my head was I just looked up the year that it came out. And I think it was 98, 99 or something, which is like same year as America Beauty. And it definitely feels, Fight Club I don't know, it'd be interesting to do a little study on what was going on in the late 90s where people felt they'd, <laughs> they'd got this like world of plenty where everything was great and everyone had a good job and lots of money and, and everything they needed. But behind it all, there was this kind of weird so unanimous, unanimous fear because obviously the the new millennium was going to be rushing in. And, and, yeah, and maybe. It's towards maybe. the end. So 98, 99, 99 was Fight Club. Those films kind of come out and just kind of like question how perfect their lives really are. It's like the generation of... So kind of our parents' generation, right? So the, the generation of people who who were born to like the baby boomers and then kind of coming of age were probably the ones making films then. And I guess maybe there's a sort of like culture clash Reject. where it's like rejecting yeah. the kind of perfect suburban lifestyle that was sort of pushed on them. I don't know. It'd be interesting to, it would really be interesting to look into it. Truman gets really entertaining when he kind of cottons on to the fact that people aren't quite what they seem like when he goes around the revolving doors and he, then he goes around it again like to fuck with everyone and then like it shows inside and everyone's like shit put the stuff back up you're coming back in <laughs> yeah i really like that but then it gets yeah it gets really thematic especially when the um when the boat goes into the sky yeah. uh and ed harris is unsung hero of that film I yeah, yeah he was, he's good he was really great and he probably has the most important line in it where he sort of says like he says he, he, he sort of says why won't you let me into the real world and Ed Harris says there's nothing real out there either do you know what I mean he, I, mean, I can't remember the line exactly but he sort of says you know there's no more reality out there than you're going to get in here and I think that's sort of the message of the film isn't it it's kind of saying something about the world rather than it really it really predicted the whole kind of um vlogging YouTube yeah well I was gonna yeah. I was gonna say bef- big brother before that though that, I mean I don't know whether when this came out on TV but I assume it was after I mean obviously it links to 1984 but Big Brother. I guess think that probably came out soon after the Truman Show, and obviously Truman isn't there by choice. Whereas people on that mm. Big Brother, Big Brother cho- choose to go in there, but it's still like. Oh, I think you're yeah. right. Reality TV must have been starting true, around then. It is an eerie. It's an eerie concept. It is an eerie concept. Yeah. I mean, who knows? Maybe it's, maybe it's true right now. <laughs> Yeah, it's like the Matrix. It's one of those things you can't disprove. It's really annoying. Yeah, yeah it's like in fear of it. <laughs> we should we should move on to uh, the pick of the week, which is Christopher Nolan's tat. No, um, <laughs> every time. Um, oh no, we uh, we should be talk about Chadwick Boseman. Yes, which was yeah pretty horrible news. Pretty, yeah, that was a weird thing to wake up to. Yeah. woke up and I immediately texted you, dumb, because mm. it was like at six in the morning or something. Did he keep it a secret, the cancer? Apparently, Apparently so, yeah. yeah. And yeah, he was a phenomenal actor and he did a film called Get On Up, which I haven't actually seen, but Netflix have just put it on. Oh, really? Presumably. Or James Brown a good yeah, film. With the, it's the biopic of James Brown, right? Yeah, definitely recommend that one. That was the first film I watched Boseman in, um, quickly followed by 42, which was about Jackie Robinson. So he did two biopics. He's still got a film coming out for netflix as well oh really yeah yeah because he that, that's the thing he worked so much basically that i think he's he might still have like a couple of films coming out yeah yeah i know that he filmed obviously he filmed black panther while going through you know all the treatment and stuff which is just incredible because like it's such a physically demanding role and i mean any role is is demanding in a lot of ways but panther especially i think yeah and, and his performance was just all, was so good in it he's also he must he must have such a huge 
profile such a huge status because the people who've kind of come out and like lamented his passing is uh, like like Barack Obama and Michelle Obama kind of came out and did a whole thing yeah. about it. And quite, he was obviously quite active, I guess. He was obviously quite sort of, he played a role in a lot of people's lives. Yeah, and that's the thing. I think when we think of the film industry, we just think of the films. We don't think of yeah. the kind of relationships that people have off camera with, with other actors and people that they that might not even be in the same film as them. Because with something like Black Panther, which in itself has a film, it was such a monumental achievement. I think it might still be one of the highest grossing films. It's definitely a highest yeah. grossing origin film or for any. This is any. Um, so, and that kind of, that's obviously very iconic to younger generations, the ones that are still going to grow up and just kind of see a reflection of, uh, of themselves in film, which 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 is why Black, Pan- Black Panther was such a big film, obviously, but that film had been tried, I think, since the late 90s when Wesley Snipes was massive um, they, they've been trying to trying make to take that. off yeah yeah and speak, speaking of Panther there is going to be a second one apparently although it well, yeah. supposedly was being worked on so hopefully they'll yeah well I don't know if they'll recast it or they'll I don't think they'll recast it but sh- like I'm um, pretty sure Letitia Letitia Wright's character Shuri is it Shuri Shuri, Shuri? yeah I got a feeling that was being that was always being kind of like um, rumoured for her to take over yeah, I'd say for Chadwick Boseman, besides it being Black Panther's highest grossing film, stuff like Gearing Up, I would highly, highly recommend. That was such an enjoyable film. I think, it's, yeah, it's a little too over two hours, I think, if I remember correctly. It was received well, but I don't think it was a massive success when it came out. Yeah, well, hopefully, you know, pe- this gives people a chance to rediscover it. For sure. This week's film, or should I say, this week's documentary is it our first i think this is our first documentary it's tricky i didn't i looked it up and i i think it's considered a doc but in a lot of ways it is i mean i'd say it's a doc. You know, i mean it is a it is a movie but it's also a doc like senna surely yeah yeah it's just because the title of it is technically catfish the movie to try and distance it from the tv show it kind of makes it its own i always thought it oh yeah i, I thought it wasn't just because it had a well not that it not that just because it has a trailer that makes it a movie but i always thought it was a movie that was a doc as well docs have become so cinematic that it's like where did, where does the line become because then you look at nolan doing things practically and you're like well technically it's a doc he's doing <laughs> but i guess the, the storyline of <laughs> yeah but i guess the storyline of catfish does does deem it a doc because it is documenting what happens well, also it's how as it unfolds right well that and it's just the yeah. way the way that it's made it has interviews it's unscripted know. It's meant to be unscripted. Uh, we'll yeah. come on to that later. <laughs> yeah, no, sure. Well, no, yeah, it's, yeah, it's an interesting. Me, I, yeah, maybe, maybe it is a dog. I'm not. I'm not. Like, um... I don't think there's any one answer really. That's just what's interesting. There is, and you're wrong. <laughs> that's normally the way. <laughs> and that's the end of the pod. I would say it's the first doc we've done on the pod, and there's plenty of amazing docs out there. But it's interesting that this, considering, I think, as Sparrow was saying about Groundhog Day, considering that catfish became such a catchphrase and is now actually in Webster's dictionary as a definition. <laughs> It's it's that well known as a first doc. Um, The synopsis for it, for anyone interested, is it's literally just young filmmakers document their colleagues' budding online friendship with a young woman and her family, which leads to an unexpected series of discoveries. So essentially, it's like we made a doc and undiscovered things happened. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I had one thought and one thought that kind of pestered me the most during the watching of this film, which was you can literally make 
films about anything and this is not a neg or anything at, at the film or anything it's just like as i was watching i'm like i could literally pick up a camera and document my sister's day to day chop it up real well and send it off to sundance and be like well, <laughs> this is this He's is what it is <laughs> i mean yeah there might be there might be a little bit more to it than that but... um, you'd have to be fucking lucky if she was catfished <laughs> something yeah, as interesting as that it, it was catfish too it yeah. was just a bit like so this dude's oh well he's got he has a friend also the beginning of this film i thought was super creepy like nev 22 year old talking to a six-year-old kid <laughs> starts off creepy yeah, yeah. The, other, the other thing is though, talk, <laughs> yeah i thought, I mean, he, I thought guys, neve was neve was gonna be the guys, ben and Louis, have, you seen, have you seen the trailer for it because the trailer does make it look like a docu horror as in it, it makes it look yeah, as though really? it's going to no, get uh, quite sinister. Yeah, that's actually a really good point. The trailer is cut to uh, is cut to make it cuts to make a really big deal. If I remember it right, Sparrow, it's the, oh, the, the, the the garage bit. The garage bit. Yeah, when they go to in the dark to go and see uh, yeah. Megan's property at the horse. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's cut. It uses some of that to be like, what are they going to discover? Well, so that's quite a bit like not it's yeah, not necessarily like horror, but like yeah, yeah, no, no, it is misleading, Venice. <laughs> yeah, it is misleading. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think it's there's great. also it's, it's marketing guys again. Well, it's also interesting though that like because we talk about how catfish has taken on this this new this new it's now a, a word even if you're not seeing the film generally speaking it's it's a more sinister word than this film is right like catfishing yeah. usually is quite is like associated with pedophilia it's a really horrible yeah. thing and the yeah. idea is it's like you're going to get abused through the internet and that's not really the story here at all is it it's um it's interesting how it's actually taken on a more sinister like meaning than it actually was here. This film poses catfish to be quite a positive term in the yeah yeah it's meant to keep you on your toes or whatever it keep yeah and the way that the dad defines it it's like a good yeah, thing yeah, it's so. like someone who keeps you on your toes he says he says this phrase keep keep you fresh it's like you need and you need a catfish around yeah he's like without catfish like life would be boring but then when you obviously this got made into a TV series which we'll come on to but the TV series takes it in a more negative light. We're finding out what the real truth is rather than these these things are good. But then I guess in some episodes of the TV, it does end up with quite a positive resolution like the film. So yeah. With the, with the TV, that there's like a there's an I was going to mention it earlier with the well, I watched I've actually watched a few of the TV episodes recently, and there is an array of different outcomes. But often, basically, Neve and Max, who present a TV show, where they can, they do try and make it positive. Mm. So often, the catfish is some lonely person. Sometimes it's just a knob being a knob and they're just this kind of like, they can't Why really redeem them. But, they, but they, they generally try and like make it a good, you know, bring something positive out of it. Um, not in the same way as the catfish is described in the film as in keep you on your toes. But Yeah, they, they sometimes they become friends, don't they? Like, and they, because because their correspondence yeah. may, actually was in some way genuine that then when they get revealed, yeah. they kind of do have this friendship in It's like a cry for help. Sparrow and I should mention that I don't know if we watched it together, but we talked or we just saw the same episode. But there was that one episode of Catfish where they they got this, they found this guy out. He like worked at an internet cafe or something, or he he had like loads of computers. Or the Joker guy. Yeah, he just had no remorse and was like, I just don't, I just don't care. Yeah. This guy literally oh, described himself as the Joker, <laughs> as in the, the Batman villain. He's like, I am the Joker. I'm the king of catfish. But yeah, no, you, get, you get some... <laughs> some uh, but this is kind of going away from the, the film. But yeah, but like, you get, you get some people like that guy, but most of the people generally, like, they try and have some good resolution to it if they can. It's a great idea. 
easier to turn it into a TV series. Yeah, it is. Yeah, especially because yeah. I guess like internet safety was a big thing and it was on MTV and it was, you know, it was a good thing for kids to learn. But also what's interesting as well is it obviously wasn't a, um, it wasn't a new phenomenon, right? So at the beginning of the film, before they discover anything, Neve does actually say, I'm probably talking to some old man some here. Guy, so he yeah. was, he's obviously yeah. like aware of the concept. People must have been quite wary of the fact that if you hadn't really met someone and you were only talking online, yeah, but then he goes they could on be to like be... a truck driver from Oklahoma. Yeah. <laughs> or somewhere. It's weird he says We're that line and goes on to be so naive for the rest of it. So naive. This, yeah. feed, this actually feeds into my wild theory, but I want to. Okay, yeah, no, th- th- this is a good point to make, um, and it's it really is up to yeah. It, it we're slightly sidestepping talking about the film because we're talking about the credibility of it, which I suppose is still talking about the film. However, it is true. Some people have mentioned that they find it unbelievable that he was a, a media savvy type, as the three that are in the dock. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. How they weren't more, more quite catfished, but then again, like Louis said. Um, he does mention it at the start, and mm. maybe that's what puts your mind at rest. It's like, well, it's been mentioned now, so maybe it doesn't mm, really. Well, that, yeah. that's like you can give, imagine them sort of going the away of the film, and then being, and then still given a shock re- reveal or something, much like Memento. For well, I'm not saying this is Memento in any shape or form, <laughs> but I'm just saying, yeah, it's better. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> way better. <laughs> Like in Memento, they have what like the the opening is the end essentially, and yeah, spoilers. Oh, right, spoilers. Yeah. Wait, <laughs> so wait, you're saying, you're saying the start the start of Catfish is the end. So he him saying, oh, it's probably a guy or something. That's revealing <laughs> right. the end, and then it's foreshadowing, Benas. You you as the writing expert. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So then this is no longer a doc. Then this is a fucking narrative driven film. <laughs> well, so now you're now you're starting with Sparrow, but it's not a doc. <laughs> I'm just saying this. <laughs> It's like no, it's like the prestige though. It's like, yeah, how does he do it? Well, he's probably a twin, and then you get that out of the way, and then it turns out Michael Caine spoilers for the prestige. There actually is a twin. So with this, it's like, oh, probably talking to a guy online. Yeah, there is one. There's one bit of context I'd put put with it, which is kind of hard. Having it's so the the film's been out for ten years or so. Like I'm watching it now, everyone knows what a catfish is generally. But at the time, because obviously obviously it was pre the show and stuff. Like I, you know, I didn't know what cat. We like I said, it kind of created the the term catfish. So what I'm saying is, if you when if and when you what people watched it originally ten years ago when it first came out. Um, there was basically it was unclear what was going to happen. Um, it wasn't it wasn't necessarily like yeah. you may well have met a guy, it might point. have been someone else, but like it wasn't. Whereas now, if you watch a film Catfish, it's obvious what's going to it's going to be a catfish. Um, yeah, yeah, that's but, um, true. But at the time when the word didn't mean that, oh it, right, because of the word, it was yeah. different because yeah. of the title. But then, but then. The, the flipping on its head because you could also say like nowadays people are more safety conscious of what happens online but also nowadays people meet online more than they ever have do you know what i mean so it's true i don't know it's, it's a very dated movie in that way right it's like it wouldn't really happen now i guess a good question is did did ev- i mean I, i'd seen this once before about six years ago but had, I, I take it we'd all seen this before no. Yeah. I'd seen the TV show, but not. Oh, so you never seen it personally? For me, when I rewatched it, I thought it did such a good job to be entertaining. Yeah, and it, in a way, the way that they were trying to figure it out and egging each other on is kind of the way that it would be with your group of mates. 
if this was really happening to you and it was being documented. Yeah. I felt like it captured the the Facebook era because back in 2010, like everyone was using Facebook. And it was still relatively new. Yeah. And like all the kind of, oh, Megan's just done a status update or this is... Oh, yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. It yeah. It's of, like going it, through it, photos. Like no one really does that. Really reminded you of like a nicer, simpler time where Facebook was actually like just your mates. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Where it was literally just people you knew talking about stuff you'd done. <laughs> it yeah. Like, whereas now it's like news articles yeah. and like... Some and shoe brand like, like selling me laces. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Some guy whereas I met in 2008, like, t- talking to me about I voted UKIP. Like, <laughs> whereas now it's, yeah. Whereas back in the day, it was just like, Dom is making a coffee. Yeah. Smiley face. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was definitely. So, you know, this was submitted to Sundance and was picked up there, right? If this is a narrative film posing as a doc, that'd be a pretty fucking strong doc because you had all the intents and purposes, like you you knew exactly the outcome. Whereas other do- documentaries, usually, you know, it depends on the subject. It feels a bit cheating, if it is that way, if you will. Hang on. Maybe maybe it's my n- naivete, but <laughs> what's the... What what would what yeah, would yeah, what yeah. would mean this wasn't classed as a documentary just because um, it has a narrative? Because Sparrow said it wasn't. Like every every do- documentary have narratives, <laughs> don't it? It's got a trailer. It's got a trailer. <laughs> <laughs> yes, um, that's pretty pretty strong. Yeah. No. Um, what would class it as a film? Well, the fact is, I don't know. The fact that uh, that they probably paid people off to to partake uh, in the film, whereas in, in a doc, I guess that's usually after the fact. Like you'd pay people off. So you think in this they they ask you think actors are in it? Um, yeah. So because uh, okay, do fine. you okay? Yeah. Well then, yeah. Okay, that's interesting. That's do you think point. it's like you think it's like the Blair Witch Project where they said it was a documentary that's, that's but it wasn't? Diff- yeah. Uh, yeah, but I okay. We got to say one. I I never expected us to talk about this and debate mm. its legitimacy. But two, online well, we're you debating can find, it. Handle it, bro. You can, yeah, <laughs> I need Dylan here, man. <laughs> there are articles online that are dated around 2010, 2011 that do talk about the legitimacy of it because supposedly someone at Sundance in the audience after Shout the film was shown yeah. shouted being like, so well done on making a faux documentary, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Henry Juice and Ariel Shulman, Ariel being Neve's brother, who mm. are the directors of this, they um they they were like, it's yeah, it's not it's not faux, it's real. This is this actually happened. Yeah, but then yeah. after after that, they kind of stormed off. Well, yeah, yeah but I mean, you would be you'd that's be, like a heckler, you, though. You know. <laughs> yeah, that would At be best. a bit annoying. Yeah, you would you wouldn't sit down and be like, okay, yeah, tell me more about you, what you think of this. The, the only thing that would make me think it's a bit like it is that is that it's quite uh, convenient, isn't it that he starts filming before they know anything. So until, so like the film, the yeah, film doesn't start when something interesting happens. The film starts where it's just, he's talking to this six year old girl about the art. And then 20 minutes in, that's when they've got the footage starts talking about how they think they're suspecting something. And the fact that he's kind of like, um, he's kind of forming this relationship with uh, the girl's mom. So I was like, yeah. okay, so you guys knew that that was going to happen. This guy ha- had had hearts for the mom already. I would say the other side though, I, I would say actually in, in its defense, the um the fact that it's the the origin of it is about the girl's artwork and then it kind of sides off into the mum and then the the other sister or obviously not but like that actually makes it yeah. more credible mm. otherwise if it was just going to be a pure fake thing you'd start off straight with the yeah. relationship it's true um and then it would yeah but it's still just like it starts with just art and uh and the correspondence between Neve and, and Abby so that's a bit I don't know. It's just be like, why, why? What was your thought process? Why did you start documenting this? I, I think I think I agree with that point, but I also can see why they would, right? Because if you're just really into filmmaking and you're like in your early twenties and you're in New York and you've got some time yeah, on your hands, yeah, yeah. I, you I, find I any topic well. and you just start making a doc. When you when they started to suspect that maybe there there, there wasn't something right. 
I did read that it's possible that they would have started filming then and then in order to build a story, just re-film some stuff with him right, talking yeah. about Abby's paintings to give it some context. In that regard, it's still a, doc- it's still a documentary. It's like a dramatized... It's, a lot of this is hard for us to be like, this is exactly the way it went down. Yeah, a lot of yeah, what we're talking yeah, about because we, uh, just, yeah. we just don't know. Just don't know. Irrespective of whether, whether it's real or not, whatever, I did actually quite enjoy it, but also not just to clarify i think it is relevant because also i watched it when it did first come out which does change the kind of backdrop of it and obviously this it was a rewatch and, and obviously because it's called catfish i knew what was going to happen but i did i enjoyed it a lot the first time as in not knowing where it was going to go and then rewatching, it, i still enjoyed it and i'd forgotten yeah. the kind of message of the catfish being keeping you on your toes at the end actually i don't i don't like i get what the man said but i was like why is his name catfish then it's not like he kept her on him i mean yeah it's true it's totally theft? different meaning to as close to identity theft than catfish <laughs> chameleon chameleon fish is already a phrase that you can't well call can't, the movie that <laughs> no but that's the whole thing isn't it because like they they obviously weren't using that phrase to mean that in the in the doc but then because the doc was about that 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 name has now become it's that like meaning. yeah this you can't watch this movie again yeah. i think uh, <laughs> it's, in, it's interesting what sparrow says i feel like it would be interesting to know how would we how would we all react if this had come out six months ago or, or a month ago and we were doing it on the pod right you know without any context of where the word catfish mm. or what kind of cultural storm it will it will create in its way it's kind of interesting to think because now we can look back on it and go yeah it's easy to do that isn't it i think i think it's i think it's very much of its time because well because of the zeitgeist of facebook arriving basically uh, you know it, it, if it came out now it wouldn't be that except it wouldn't be that interesting like you'd sort of know that this stuff happens and it wouldn't be that you know mind-blowing i really like the thing you said about uh louis about parking back to a simpler time for oh, social yeah. media because there's a double edge to when that when you tag your friends in, in your photos but the way that yeah you see facebook and the way that people use it it, it was a bit um nostalgic for me to yeah, look back on that sure. and be like wow we used to use facebook and like everyone i knew was on facebook there wasn't really anyone who wasn't also yeah. kind of shows how badly facebook aged now it's just like yeah. getting yeah. in lawsuit uh, lawsuits constantly just like infiltrating politics and shit you know maybe maybe coming back to the whole like of its time thing i guess it's also facebook then was meant to be quite a personal thing it was like it was only for you and people you knew really well and so yeah, the idea yeah. of someone infiltrating that and someone not being who they say they are quite a quite a scary thought whereas now like i really couldn't give a shit if like 50 people on my on my news feed <laughs> are like you know russian mobsters i don't really care <laughs> i assume they are i think this doc is really helped by by two things one is the i really like the art direction of the close-up of this of the monitor how you can see the little pixels you know yeah. it kind of Clever. took that as its uh as its art kind of art direction for it and aesthetic and that and it or you know when it when he's clicking on people's names and seeing pictures, you see all those that stuff really up close and it makes you kind of realise that there's a for me I kind of read it as like there's a wall between you and that photo. You know, it's not you're not it's on a computer screen. It's not real life. That picture of Megan, although it's there and she's adding you as a friend, it's not it's not yeah. real. But the second um the second thing is I think Neve is just such a whether he wanted to or not, and he does actually say in the doc, I think he protests to being filmed a lot of times, but he is a strong central performance. Yeah, he is. Like he helps you helps anchor the film. Without him, I feel like, or someone who was much more shy and timid, there probably wouldn't have been a doc. So that yeah. a lot of it does rest on him being as as open. I mean, he does. He talks about the messages he sends, like that scene where he's on the bed recounting it. Oh yeah, <laughs> he's yeah. like but pulling the covers over himself. It's, it's just like you do feel like oh, this guy is bearing everything. Yeah. Like, for this for this doc. That is true. And yeah, so let's say if this film, so it is a doc, right? But if it was filmed in <laughs> no, that doc. <laughs> 
that documentary <laughs> style where you never see the person who's the interviewing or you kind of you kind of see the subject more than you see of the person who that's happening that's kind of observing this yeah. so let's say if you put neve out of this equation this film essentially yeah it'd be all right yeah it'd be harder to relate to if if neve wasn't there or if he was behind the camera yeah that's a good point. i agree with that and actually that that comes to another real strength of it i think which is that it's not just a film about catfishing it's a film about the making of a film about catfishing like it's a really <laughs> good it's quite a meta film because <laughs> you're if, if they could easily have done this where it's you know the, there's a fourth wall and you just kind of see a guy going on this journey getting catfished and then we they, like he kind of follows it but instead you you kind of get the lens on the filmmakers the fact that they're kind of like following him and they're like they argue about direction and all that kind of stuff and they talk about like how they're putting together the film and everything and i don't know i think it, it's it's interesting because it's it, it brings another point of interest into it yeah just when they got there and i think it was henry juiced who was filming just like i i really found it quite hard to actually look look at the screen when they knock on the door oh yeah i think they found the house and and it and he's just holding the camera like you know there on his chest yeah you think about doing that in real life though like there is doesn't seem to be a scene where they ask if they're okay being filmed if they are actors and they knew they're going to be on film that's when you're on protest (laughs) (laughs) let it go man (laughs) sparrow sparrow's introduced this other this other topic at the start of this episode that is not real and now it's (laughs) Ben Us thinks that the catfish is a catfish. <laughs> this open this thing about Doc V movie opens a wider philosophical question as to whether Jackass the movie is a movie or a dog. <laughs> wider. I mean, they should have called it Jackass the Doc. I think the distinction between them, to some extent, is like you know what's going to happen. Like you set out on the film knowing exactly what each sequence will be and what each scene is going to do. Whereas a documentary, the it whole point is you just don't know one. where it's going to end, where yeah. it's going to go. I have to say, I think the 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 way that Catfish was ed- edited and put together, especially with the score. Yeah, I thought it was good. The way it was put together was really, really good. Yeah. It's not just a doc that is edited and is interesting to watch. It's like someone who put that together really understood how to make a movie. And that's yeah. why I think we're having this conversation about it being a doc. Because it feels... The, the slickness of that's it true. is... Credit to it's it, good, yeah. and that and that is just because there's good filmmakers behind it. You know, if, if anything, the real catfish is, is on the audience for thinking that it was wasn't real. the catfish with the yeah, this, people the, got the catfish the other way around cat, with, with a cod, man, <laughs> dogfish. <laughs> yeah, this one has much more like first act, second act, third act. If you're kind of following that that kind of structure, no, that's but, true. is this another reason why you think it's not real? Because someone wrote exactly. it in a three act structure. Exactly, <laughs> it's got a Shakespearean. I have a Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I guess Louis, this is mainly aimed at you a little bit because you were watching it for the first time. Did you think anyone that they had was was real, or like, did you just were you just like, fine? They're obviously all not real. It's just more about how this plays out rather than knowing exactly what the where all the chess pieces land. You obviously knew that he'd been scammed in some way, but had no idea how like in what way so it's not in, in it's not in clear until quite far in to them meeting the family and everything that yeah. it's the mum who was faking being meg uh, being is it megan well everyone yeah like because because i mean that's that's a possibility but you're like who the hell was megan did they like hire an actress to like pretend megan and was the dad doing like the specifics of how they've been false around it don't become clear until quite far in i really that's quite enjoyed interesting. this was the second time i watched it but basically when she i think neve says something like oh so he's meg um do you have an older daughter she's like yes of course i do and this was like after they've been like they found out megan She's not Megan. And she's like, yeah, I do have... She is an alcoholic. She is down in some sort of rehab. And it was a lie, even um, then. Center. And yeah, and then, like, the next shot is like, Megan's not real. 
like none of none yeah. of that is real <laughs> so i can like, relate to that though you sort of get found out in a lie rather than giving up on the whole thing you're just like oh yeah no just the one thing's not true everything else is, <laughs> yeah. everything else is totally real sure you want to admit that on a podcast <laughs> um, stop listening mum. yeah i think that was in good to see like how i suppose that's you see the human nature of kind of like double down on the lie yeah um yeah. and how like no percentage of chance like that, that whatever she says can be trusted anymore but yet he keeps talking to her as if like he's kind of taking it for for he's he's trusting her still even yeah. after being catfished or whatever that's what well, I, that's say, what i mean i think he he was just a nice guy that wanted he'd gone this far with it he wanted to know like fine you're not who you say you are but like let's real figure out it, yeah. what's real about it yeah because actually that was a somewhere. yeah that was a real ple- pleasant surprise about the film actually because like you you know from the name of it from the fact that it's catfish what's going to happen quote unquote like in the end right where you, you know you find out it was all a lie but you, i did not see it, it coming <laughs> i did not see it coming that they'd spend another like 25 30 minutes at the end basically having found out the lie then exploring why she lied and building a relationship with her and that's that's a really really that's probably the most powerful part of it isn't it still choose to like spend a whole day over there like they go to the to the lake with the kids and stuff yeah so, like so clearly this guy is on some level probably angry but he doesn't do the obvious thing which is like <laughs> throw your hands in the air and just fuck off i imagine he watches this back or has watched it back and thought god i was so naive at, at 22 to think that this this was real or whatever and you know she changes her voice on the phone when they speak and like you, you get a sense of how easy it is to be fooled especially in the context of 2010 when the film or 2009 presumably when it happened pretty but, sure um, i was catfished when i was like 12 <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, I, I I remember I remember like a friend of mine like invited me into this chat room online, right? And it was just a complete free for all <laughs> on AOL. And then I ended up like talking to this girl, girl, in quotes, on MSN Messenger. And then we like we were talking for six months, and like we didn't really we didn't like do anything. We we're like twelve years old. We didn't like share pictures or anything. <laughs> How far did but you go? We, but we shared pictures of each other, like not naked pictures, but just like <laughs> pictures of each other. And so I had a sense of like what she and the fuck, like of course it wasn't her. Like of course it wasn't yeah. her. Yeah, yeah. Um, Dom, is it Dom? Is there something you want to say? <laughs> and now we're really good friends. <laughs> now I do his podcast all the time. This cat, this has been a catfish 15, 15, 20 years in the making. Solid. Yeah, uh, yeah. I was just going to say that the thing with Neve was like his flaw is his naivety, and that is something that's so relatable when you watch it. And I think that's why the doc works so well. I, I sort of, I sort of question whether you can call it naivety because. I think I think throughout the film, it's more he wants to believe that it's true, but he doesn't let himself fully believe it, right? Like, because even from the very beginning, he's like, he obviously believes she's real, but he's like, it's not going to work out. Like, we're not going to go out or anything. I can't say any, can't say I'll even like her until I've met her properly. Like, it's all she, he, but he wants wants it all to be true, and that's really relatable. It's like, yeah, 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 he's kind of obviously craving that it does work out, even though he's not letting himself get too excited. But yeah, he's a really good central character to kind of like bring together both the cynicism and the positivity. And I think it's really interesting because he's gone on to do the TV show with this other guy, Max, who's a filmmaker, but he also then is the cameraman in, in the in, show. Uh, yeah. As so Neve has gone on to have a, a career, and Henry Juiced and Ariel Shulman have gone on to have a fairly promising film career, right? Because they did um, a film called Nerve. Yeah. They did, they've just done another one that's come out on Netflix literally last month, I think, called Project Power that has Jamie Foxx yeah, and that, Joseph Gordon They did that in. a couple of years ago, though. Yeah, I think it was made in like two years ago, actually. And then it was acquired. And weirdly, lately, I've been reading about 
the writer Madsen Tomlin. I think that's his name. Don't want to butcher it. But basically, he's a co-writer of the, the new Batman film. He's a writer of Project Power. Um, back then, it was just called Power because they didn't want to confuse it with 50 Cent's um, <laughs> fucking program called Power as well. Yeah, so he's a writer that kind of also stormed on from nowhere. But it sounds like he's working with these two. I didn't even know about that until I started kind of researching a bit for Catfish. They've made Catfish, which you could uh, you could say is, uh, you know, as we have found out on the pod with a lot of directorial debuts, not all of them because there's no, there's no rule to it, yeah. but that often their first film can be their most famous in the sense of with Nan and I. Yeah. And it's interesting here how War Catfish Horse. is probably the uh, it's probably the film that they're most recognised for. But yeah, it's cool that they did a documentary filming their friend getting catfished and it's led on to a fairly big film career. Mainly from research about Madison Tomlin, who's writing the Mega Man film for Paramount Pictures and Henry Juice and Ariel Shulman, again, are collaborating with him on that. So I think they might be as working as a team for a few years now. Mega Man, which is based on a manga. I think it's a, vid- it's a video game series, isn't it? Also, yeah. Um, so they're going to, yeah, they're making massive films like Mega Man. It's going to be a big, big temple. I tried coming up with one and everything just everything just we'll come back to you last so we'll, <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll, go, we'll do iWord which is uh, it was all a dream where we all give an alternate theory on what we've seen and frankly I'm pretty excited to hear what people have come up with for this because this is already feels like an iWord in yeah. itself I can start with mine which is maybe sounds obvious I don't know but to me it was really strange how the, the husband of Angela Vince yeah is it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know if Vince... Was Vince his real name, but no, the Vince, picture wasn't? Or was I think name Vince was his real? actual yeah. name. Actual name, right. So it wasn't his picture. Yeah. He seemed very articulate and very... Like, the bits at the end with him, I was like, we got to make a whole doc out of this guy. Because <laughs> this guy, no, this guy like, is just so... He, he's just wrapping these ideas up in these, like, really nice yeah. ways. And it kind of it kind of made me realise that maybe he is actually the mastermind behind the whole thing <laughs> and, was ne- and was never found out. So he is, in, in fact, the king of catfish. Not only does Angela get more things wrong afterwards, you know how she's like, oh, Megan is up there and whatever. And then at the end of the film, you know, Megan, it, it recounts three things that Angela has said, even after she's been found out that aren't real. I chalk that up to Vin, her just not remembering properly what Vince told her to say. So actually she just, she just fucked up on a few things. <laughs> That's actually a very good theory. And that actually Vince is the mastermind because, and, and Vince even came up with the idea of Catfish because I love the bit with him where he talks about Catfish. And I, I love the fact that they took that and turned it into the title and turned it into this like kind of way of explaining that you got, you got done online essentially. <laughs> but the, um, it just comes out of nowhere in the doc. And it just True. makes me think that Vince had this plan all along yeah exactly and then he was like hey do you guys want to get some extra shots of me for this thing you're making <laughs> and he sat outside on his porch and was like hey you know these fish that go in barrels i think vince was the real mastermind behind the whole thing so you're saying that is nice. my Good. nice so saying vince was kaiser so kaiser zoes yeah, yeah. <laughs> vince was the joker because the, the way because to be fair i didn't expect him to be that articulate it might have been the 16th take, to be fair. <laughs> Try telling that Say story that again. again. <laughs> exactly like that, but do it again. Fair enough. I didn't. I, I didn't. I didn't see that one coming. To be fair. All right. Mine is. Mine is. Um. Mine's a little bit similar, actually. Which is just that it's not so much the dad, but um. What's her name? The the mum. The is it a man? Angela. Angela. So my theory is that 
Angela did the whole thing deliberately knowing that they were going to make a film about it because she wanted to sell her art. So <laughs> there's like a random, there's a random plug at the end of the film the where website. it like That's puts so her true. website in there. <laughs> so my theory is it's just like a big ad for, for a website where she sells her art. So she was like, how can I, how can I sell my art? And so she's like, I know there's this like filmmaker kind of group who, who are in New York. So she writes to them because she sends that she sends them like a, fo- a picture of, of the photo that's in the New York Times at the beginning. Yeah. And then I think she's like, how do I do something interesting? So they actually make a film about my work and uh, she does it all on purpose. And it probably worked. The doc should actually be called Angela's Art. Angela's Art, yeah. The movie. <laughs> the website plug at the end is, is random. quite random. Yeah. It almost feels like it's like, we're really sorry for using your footage. It's like, she, she agrees to be filmed if she uh, <laughs> if, if the work gets put up. This is like a reverse I would because the, the film is so nuts anyway. Yeah, exactly. It's almost like the, we're trying to find the find sense the reality. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> rather than being like hey shrek is about world war ii <laughs> um Sparrow. my theory is that they the tipping point in the film is the music on the youtube clip that's when they yeah. supposedly realize yeah. that this is a fake my my theory well, is that they um at the beginning they legitimately thought it was a real girl and stuff but they actually clocked onto it a yeah. bit earlier than that which isn't that because we've we spoken yeah. about the conspiracy of it not being real this whole pod <laughs> that's really interesting though because yeah that that is a possibility that that is actually how i think that it is actually is. what happened let's be honest if you were in that situation and you sort of stumbled across the nugget of what could be quite an interesting film but the interesting bit isn't until they actually go and see them you would be like let's just let's just push this a little bit further do you know what i mean let's let's just keep this one going let's, let's lean into it let's just uh let's just see what we get in the can <laughs> yeah it's like in reality tv where they visit someone's house and they show like the presenter knocking on the door and then the next cut is like him walking in the door but shot from the inside of the house <laughs> and you're like <laughs> you've obviously <laughs> You've obviously sent a whole crew in there. Yeah. The yeah. It's like they didn't let us in the house. Yeah. It's like behind. It's like well, you're in the house. Well, I believe it was real, and that even if they've stopped started filming it slightly late, they were able to build a dock out of it. Um, but the the film is so mysterious anyway as a concept that it does invite those other yeah angles on it because it is just how yeah how could you get how could that happen i'm not going to push on you ben as if you don't have one i also you could fill this in by admitting a time you got catfish like louis did (laughs) (laughs) i would also take that as payment are they saying that if we didn't have our videos on you guys could be anyone right now that is real right yeah I'm just gonna go with a thin one, uh, but stick with me on He's this. He's always one. the best. <laughs> so basically, Neve got catfished, but not by uh, by the person at the end that we all think he got catfished by. He actually got catfished by uh, by this a struggling artist by the name of Suzanne Chauffel, who sang the Tennessee Stud uh, <laughs> performance. So she knew. Oh she, shit! This is good. So she knew she was gonna. Ha- uh, that song will, will be performed because she's going to cat, catfish him and she's going to lure him into uh, requesting that song. She plays it, no worries. Okay, so now she knows that film is, is going is going to be um, showcased and probably win at Sundance or whatever. That goes on to do so. But now she has a steady income of 13 grand probably a month or a viewing <laughs> because now every time they make money, she has to get paid. That is, that is a good theory. So she's set him up to get paid. Payment. Exactly. <laughs> it's the second theory that inv- involves an artist wanting to get paid for this mean, documentary. Who benefits, you know? You just got to follow the money. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and then 
And then she <gasps> just kind of, and then Neve just kind of, he doesn't realize he's being catfished by, by the Susanna Chauffel chick. So he, so he carries on his relationship with the Megan, who turns out to be another, another fucking catfish. I think he got catfished twice. <laughs> he got double catfished. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just doesn't know it. Yeah. yeah, that is like them catfishing the people that think they're getting catfished <laughs> by Neve being catfished by Angela. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like a string of catfishes. And that should be like the the the, art, the real artist of all the paintings is actually Megan, the supposedly non-existent daughter. The real singer is actually Megan, even though she claims <laughs> yeah. she's not. She's just this like 19-year-old who's raking it all in and then claims that she doesn't exist at the end and then disappears into the sunset. Like I was saying earlier, I think that the subject of the doc is so strong, but the actual filmmaking behind it, the editing, the score, the aesthetic is so, the level of it is so high and it's almost, yeah. you almost forget it's that high because the it's so low key and the topic of it is so kind of, you know, it's just a guy on his computer a lot of the time, but it is such a high level of post-production on it that it is cool to see that being put into a doc. So, yeah, you know? so I think that's like what, another reason why people i would associate this maybe with a actual being a film because everyone's so familiar with a three-act structure you can just you know like if you had to explain the film you'd be like oh so this guy is is talking with a chick but then this happens but then this happens and then that leaves the third act that's usually how you would explain most films right something happens but then this happens and then this happens which is what happened here so the editing of it like you said is so high it's so well done that people don't notice that it's, it's, this is a doc and this is but it yeah. just feels like a film because you go, you kind of go on this ride with them. I love the way they use like Google Earth yeah. to spin yeah, yeah. around, and like it, it reminds me of being in like IT lessons at school where everyone would log onto Google Earth, zoom in as far as they could, you know, like onto someone's house or something. But it was just such a like cool thing when that came out because it was like the whole that, Earth is just there; you could zoom in onto that it. That reminded me of Jason Statham films, Crank. <laughs> they used they did exactly the same thing, but in a much more yeah, gimmicky way. Yeah, yeah. Well, no one got catfished during the making of this episode, other than technically your uh, your, <laughs> cat, your cat your cat Nessie Lou that catfished you for a, <laughs> for a new screen. <laughs> in the in honor of the tenet, we'll just I'll run this episode backwards. <laughs> so it'll just we'll start we'll start now and then we'll go backwards and then at some point it will also go forwards. If you've seen the film, you know what we're talking about. All right, so I will uh, I'll send you guys some pictures from an anonymous account. Really? <laughs> cool. Uh, it's bye from me. It's bye from Manat. Uh, see ya. Yeah, bye. Bye from Lou. Bye from Sparrow. See ya. Alright. See you later. Bye.